This is what I brought you, this you can keep This is what I brought you, may forget me I promise to depart, just promise one thing Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep This is what I brought you, this you can keep This is what I brought you, may forget me I promise you my heart, just promise to sing my eyes and lay me to sleep Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep This is what I thought, I thought you'd need me This is what I thought, so think me naive I promise you a heart you'd promise to keep Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Across the Airwaves Smallville Retro Reviews. I'm your host, the Mighty God of Thunder Thor. And with me tonight is my co-host. Um Steve Rogers. And joining us is a special guest star. Um this is Dan. I didn't know we were like <laughs> his Marvel characters. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but, you know, nice to see you all again. I've been out for a while. Yes, you have. You've been yes. scamming on me, going well, to some David other podcasts. Well, taking a lot of my time, guys. I'm sorry. You know what? Yeah. Why can't you get her on our show? Well, first of all, would you believe me? Would you rather be podcasting or spending time on the couch with Katie Cassidy? Let's be honest. Um, wow. Podcasting. <laughs> I don't know for me. <laughs> I'm, to I'm totally telling Vanderbilt that's that's your choice. Don't even. Go don't. That's she's mine, and you're not allowed to touch her. Well, <laughs> good. How are you? Well, I saw the Muppets for like the eighth time on Blu-ray. Same. Is it outstanding? Yeah. It keeps getting better. I wish the special features were a little bit more, but hey, it's Disney. Other than Pixar, they really don't give you a lot of great special features. Well, we had a good yeah. good amount of stuff for Muppets. Yes, yes. But I wish there was more. I think everyone wishes that. You can't get enough of the Muppets. We're going to do a commentary sooner or later on the Muppets. We have to. After yes. Road to the Avengers and Road to Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> a lot of roads. Yeah, I know. Roads. We have we're taking the roads less traveled by, so. We just won't want those roads to cross, because a demon could show up in the middle of that. Oh dear lord. Yeah. Everybody run! Well, yeah. Hot demon, like the crossroad demon. Well, okay, that would be fine. Or Katie Cassidy. Oh, oh yeah. Who did play a demon? Well, no, or, she. Or of... Cassidy Freeman. Or Ca she's not a demon. She could be. She she would look fun. Wow. Well, well, if we're talking wow. cosmic universe, technically a vampire is a demon, because she was on Vampire Diaries. 
Yes. In the Buffy uh, universe, they're demons. I have to mention this just to make you guys upset because I like making you guys upset. You Chuck fans out there, yes, Matt Bomer did guest star in Glee, which I think is absolutely fantastic, uh, personally. In the name of White Collar, that's so wrong, but okay. The name of Chuck is so wrong. <laughs> but here's the thing. That wasn't even half as bad as John Schneider showing up on Glee. That totally... Oh, no. Yeah, you didn't know about that? Why did you tell me that? Why did Tony tell me that? What? I mean, he hasn't been seen since, but... But you play, like, one of the main characters' dads. And Jeff Goldblum is, like, you're one of the main characters' dads. You just killed Dan. He oh, my fell. God. Is he crying? He's crying. Jonathan Kent and Dr. Malcolm was on. And he's Glee. still wearing the same glasses, too. And Bryce Larkin. I think that's his yeah, trademark. Bryce I think that's Goldblum's trademark. He wears those big glasses ever since Jurassic Park 1. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think he did that before Jurassic Park 1, in my opinion. Who knows? Well, I liked him in Independence Day, if you saw that. That's a good movie. Much the same character. Pretty much. Too bad they just couldn't call up the same character until they fix his cable. Exactly. Um, well, I just want to go into like a short thing and then we'll go into like our Smallville stuff. Where do you guys think the season is going? Because in Supernatural, because we have no idea, like even if this is the last season yet. And it's kind of late in the season. Usually we get news. Well, if you hire a new showrunner, I would think that you're going to be on the next season. So that's a heroes. Ooh. Well, heroes. this the CW. Uh, no. I'm like sorry. I'm it's sorry. It's true. Next to Vampire Diaries and Supernatural, their ratings are pretty bad, so they need Supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless they just show, unless they just show like random hot chicks dancing on the CW, which is pretty much the been their shtick since like they started in 2006. Wow. That's is that going to include like Katie Cassidy dancing? Yes. In a Black Canary costume? Yes. Okay. Then you're in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then who's in? Yeah, I'm in. Um, well, he already gets enough of that at his house. So. Okay. You can never get enough of that anywhere. What are you talking about? Seriously, where do you guys see, see the season going? Because, really, like, the Leviathan thing is, like, really, like, vague. It's I think, been vague for the entire season. I there. think that's why you need to bring back Lucifer and Michael. But really, does it, that's what's going to happen to defeat the Leviathan. And I'm safe from the cage. And I'm glad I'm mentioning this to you on air because I really haven't had a chance to talk to you about it like over tw over Twitter or Google Plus or whatever. I have to say, just for like respecting the audience's intelligence, do you really expect them to actually tell the audience, yes, we iced the devil? Yes, I expect it. Could you actually like literally like say that to people's faces and? So, like, not offend their religion or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I I, I don't necessarily know. But you see my The Winchesters yeah. that ice the devil. I don't know if they're going to be the ones that do it. Technically, they burn the devil. Well, I think they're going to set up, like, 
god or some entity destroying. According to Eric Kripke, Chuck is god. So Chuck comes back. Oh, oh, the god Chuck, yes. Yeah, Chuck yeah. Shirley, not Chuck Bartowski. Yes. Well, Chuck Bartowski could be god. That's possible. You know what? It could be. I mean, Mick G is on both shows. True, true. Yeah. And this is, and I started watching Chuck. I'm amazed that that show lasted that long on NBC. I'm amazed anything lasts long on NBC. Yeah, well, especially true. that show because isn't that like such a CW show though? I've said that for years. Just look at that. It should be on the CW. Yeah. yeah. That is such a CW show. And the fact that it's less this long, as long as it did, especially after the writer's strike and when it's booked, I just assume that NBC that's really had nothing else. So that's why they left it there. That's because Bionic Woman sucked. Bionic Woman sucked. The event never happened. The cape was there, there was no event. The cape was burned. Yeah. And heroes got canceled unjustly, I think. And the heroes were killed. I think they kind of screwed the pooch in season three a little bit, though, with heroes. Are you kidding? After season two, it went downhill. Okay. Well, yeah. well I mean, like, really, like, whoever was in charge of that show really didn't respect the writers because that's one of the reasons why it, like, went downhill after that. No kidding. You you have to respect your crew. You have to respect your Yeah. It was never as good. It was never as good as season one. Season two suffered. But they suffered through it just like Supernatural and Smallville did. They did okay. So did Chuck. But that's, that, that's the thing. The networks respected those shows. <laughs> right. And then and after that, Heroes fell apart. I think Love equated it to, okay, we're, we're basically your guys' equivalent of Lost. And ABC, like, fawns over and kiss Lost writers' feet. Why can't you do give that kind of same respect for us? And then they fired him. And, yeah. and Lost yeah. isn't even that good of a show. Well, comparing the two shows, you really can't compare, but... Okay, that well, was like... The way bit. Lost ended, I think, killed it for a lot of people. I think it was good when they didn't know what was going on. Well, the show's called Lost. I've said that right. many times. What do you think the show's called? It's not called Found. <laughs> it's called Lost, because you get lost while watching it, I guess. No, that's Alcatraz. Oh, yes. We canceled that's, that's, our Alcatraz reviews. That that's touche there, Blue. Touche. <laughs> Where are we going to with fun? Let's move on to BQM. Yes. What about him? We already did the interview. How awesome was that for you guys? We haven't talked about that. Dan, I have something to confess to you right now. Yes. Confession. When you were out of the room and I pulled up the comic, I read it before you got in the room. I figured. <laughs> it's like you're hiding a magazine magazine from your mom. And you, yeah, I was like, that's pretty okay. much how you describe it. I mean, I was gonna read it anyway. I whatever. This recording. But to answer your question, Woo, the Brian Q. Miller interview was awesome, and he was a heck of a nice guy. Really was patient and really took some time to talk with us on and off the air, which was awesome. And it's funny to me how many of these people like do like these odd things like feed their dogs or chop vegetables while they're doing interviews for podcasts. Or take phone calls. Yeah. 
Well, taking phone calls, I mean... Taking that, phone calls twice. Yes. No, it was, it was really awesome. He's an awesome guy. And, I, I mean, over Twitter, I mean, I've kind of kept in a little contact with him. And, yeah, his writing was fantastic in Season 11 so far. Yeah, I he's hit Clark right on the money. That's really... Superman. All that really is, is the teaser right before Somebody Save Me. I'm, not even a teaser. I would I would call it a coming up on Smallville. Like after an episode ran, next week on Smallville. Okay, I can go with that. A fresh episode. Yes. Well, I mean, well, I'm the, the new CW. It does look like that. Yeah. Well, they did so much more in those ten pages than they could have done on the actual show. Yeah. Yeah, with the space station and the asteroid and all that, yeah. Well, and the costume, and Otis, yeah. and all of that. I was going to mention, I mean, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't read the comic yet, I mean, sorry, but you really should. I mean, it's not really that expensive right now. The reason it's, I'm it's not, awesome. I'm holding out is because I'm going through some, a little bit of money issue, that's why I'm waiting some stuff out, but if you have an Android tablet or an iPad, or... Yeah. The other thing is, I can see people, to be honest with you, wanting to read it as a bigger installment. After reading the first bit shorter. Pages, yeah, I would see why yeah. you do that. The print is going to sell, I think, more than the first mini-issue. Yeah. The first print will, at least. I agree. And Mr. what... Luthor. Mr. Luthor! And I don't know if you guys did this, but as I was reading the first ten pages, I had those guys... Those actors' voices. Yes. Yes. Well, see, for me, it was more. It was easier with Clark. Oh yeah. But I could do it with everyone else, and with Otis, I had to do the Superman the movie voice. Were you talking about lots of hugging bear? (laughs) Yes. Yes. That guy is really creepy, though. Like, have you seen a picture of him now? No. He hasn't aged really. Yeah, he looks a little creeps, bit different, yeah, no. but he looks, still looks like Otis. Otis? Yes, Mr. Luthor. In that little black box, Mr. Luthor. Shh. It's a ritual of this. And then Michael goes, wouldn't it be great if he did Lenny, too? Yes, that's what I, I said. I want to try and slap him, but, you know. <laughs> I, I did say that. Unless it was, like, Tess's kid, which I think would be even more tragic. No, it, it's another long-lost brother named Lenny. You Stop killed it. my mom! Well, she hit on she hit on two of my worst enemies. Grow up, kid. Plus, your last name's Luther. You're gonna have some issues. Now go play with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> oh. Wow. There's a couple references for you. Yes, there is. That but I'm... really, and I know we're going all over the place, but. Season 11, really, really, really good start. Really good start. I have heard some criticism from the shoe crew, but, you know, it's just 10 pages so far. Give it a chance. No kidding. That's not even a full episode. No. Oh, it's nowhere close. It's the so, teaser. It's, it's a trailer. Yeah. Cool your jets, Derek and Steve. Come on. No disrespecting Derek and Steve. I'm not going to disrespect them. Anyway. Speaking of Lex Luthor, or Lex Luthor, depending on who you, how you pronounce it. Luthor. Who you are. A couple months ago, before I started dating Katie Cassidy, no, I'm just kidding about that. 
Um, I came up with this just idea out of the blue, waiting for the bus. The de-evolution of Lex Luthor. And I thought it was really, this is kind of a takeoff of what they did on the season 10 DVD Blu-ray with Between Fathers and Sons. Yeah. How, some, how a person could be so twisted into becoming, you know, an evil monster. And they touched on it a little bit, but I thought they glossed over it a little too much. And I wanted to cover Lex Luthor on Smallville, particularly on Smallville. Because if we covered Lex Luthor, this would be four days. Yes. So we're just going to stick with Rosenbaum's work on Smallville. And I wanted, I wanted to go like as far back as you could, like, say, um, like that one flashback in season seven when Clark goes into Lex's head. What was that episode? Fracture. 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 And Miles and I have said this before. Lionel Luther was not was was not um, Howard Cunningham on Happy Days as a father. Sunday, no. Monday, Happy Days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Happy Days. Yes. Who recently passed away, unfortunately. Um. No. Yes. Sad day. Sad day, yeah. I mean... Sunday, Monday, sad day. Sad days. Sad days. And I've said this before about Jonathan and Jorel. And I've said this to Petty, and I'll say it again. Jorel is Kal-El's father, but Jonathan Kent is Kal-El's dad. That makes sense. Clark. Right. And well, he's, he's, he's his humanity, too. Yes. Yeah. And Lionel always looked at things never in the practical sense of the way quote-unquote normal people do. He never yeah. sees somebody at, when he married Lillian, I don't think he saw her as a, like, significant other. I just thought she saw her as a spouse. Trophy wife. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, well, of course, see how many women went and slept with when she had cancer. Right. <clears throat> well, and, and also, Lionel wow. was more concerned about his legacy than anything else. And that's how he really views yeah. his children. They're his legacy. You see in the episode Luther, the, the ultimate, the ultimate, like, embodiment of that I'm just I'm just gonna call him Lucas Luther because one thing that I will criticize BQM for he should have been called Lucas or Julian I think that would have been more fitting for what for Clark Luther he shouldn't have been Clark get over it I mean I mean I I just think it would have been confusing I mean, they were kind of doing, like, for the ultimate reality type of thing. It just was easier to keep track of. Like yeah. Tess, like Earth 2 Tess said, she said it's the same history, just a little darker edge. So. And then, well, be, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead I just think it would be confusing if two characters that looked exactly the same had different names. Yeah. I just think it was just easier from a writing standpoint. Yeah, I guess that's, that's true. 
But going back to the whole legacy and, and heir thing, Lido looks at his children as heirs, not as like sons and daughters. Okay. Like, what is going to move the Luther name forward? Because his father, as we saw in Relic, was not, you know, the smartest criminal. Lachlan Luther. Yeah. Black one, Luther. A lot of hell that we'll see in the Superman universe. Um, and that's why Lionel was so obsessed with becoming, with making his children the strongest person. And I really do think John Glover really believes that. When he says, oh, when I'm torturing my son, I'm not torturing him, I'm making him stronger. Mm-hmm. And I really do think he really believes that about Lionel. That's but I don't want to want to be his son. But again, he wanted the strongest person that could live out his legacy. Get what's greater than a superhuman at the same time. It's true. Yeah, he wanted Clark to be his son. And I always go back to that first line of what um, Lionel says to Lex and the pilot. You have a destiny, Lex. You're not going to get anywhere with your eyes closed. Yeah. And really, that's a, a scary kind of premonition of that's kind of what Rosenbaum's Lex is about, really. Mm-hmm. He can't close his eyes to this obsession about Clark. It's creepy. He just can't shut his eyes. And deep down, I think Lex wanted to be a good person to kind of, what's the word, rebel against his father, but I don't think he really wanted to be a good person. You don't think Lex wanted to be a good person? No, I think he wanted to do it just to make his dad upset. And we saw that in that episode Reunion. The only the only reason he wanted to work for a non-profit organization is to, to just, like, peel rival. It wasn't there. Never do do anything to help people. Yeah, I think that changed once he met Clark. And we have to make this distinction right off the bat. Lex did not become evil because of Clark. No. no. Clark just happened to be there. Yes. I mean, we see it again in Reunion, which I find it funny that the kid that plays Duncan pretty much could be Clark. Yeah. And that's, I think, what they were going for, is that, you know, when, that's why um, Lex tries to become friends with Clark in season one, I think. He thinks he can, you know, start over again and try to redeem himself, but right. it's just not possible. Well, do you think that's why ultimately Clark never told him his secret, because he felt he had a bad feeling about him? I have a bad feeling about this. No, that's another just it, feel, it felt more like it was because of his dad that he wouldn't tell him. And also, Clark has this kind of, like, kind of um, teachings from Martha and Jonathan. His homegrown roots kind of have been, have been like, taught, never trust people that have gobs and gobs of money. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never trust people that make more money in a week than you probably could ever make in a year. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why he never trust, trusted Lex. 
Also, I mean, the reason he likes the licks at the, at the beginning, and I mentioned this in the, our very first podcast, Clark really doesn't know what he is. Mm-hmm. He's freaked out himself that he could survive from that, you know, Porsche fiasco. So he thought Lex could maybe give him answers. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't have the answers himself, so he's freaked out about it. Okay. And we see this. Like I've always said, obsession is the seed that leads to evil. Yeah. Whether it's Lex being Lex wanting to show his father up, whether it's trying to find the truth about Clark, whether it's being the richest man in the world, or or showing up a guy in blue, blue tights and a red cape. It's always about obsessing to be the best. And that's one thread that's always been throughout my sleepers. Okay. DNA. Yeah. And one, one thing, and I'll let, we'll talk about some specific episodes that led Lex to his path of evil. One thing that I find really funny about Superman Returns, and I know Penny loves this movie. Like Lex's speech about being a god, he he says he he wants to help the world, but not but not unless he gets the credit, which is a Lex Luthor trademark. Yeah. Lex claims he's doing this for the world, but why not then take your name off it? Well, remember, in the comics, at least in Batman No Man's Land, he helped to rebuild. Gotham City after the earthquake. However, his name and his face were everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Superman, and I guess we'll use the term the blur here as well. Part of the reason why Clark blurs around it from season 8, 9, and 10, he doesn't want to, anyone to know who he is. Yeah. He wants but, to help. But, but he does try to put his stamp on everything. By making the S shield all over the place. True. Yeah, but that's and a that's, fire people. Well, that's that stops. Brought to you by the blue. But this stops. That stops after Lazarus, after he has that encounter with the, the Lex clone. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But again, this whole thing about Lex Luthor is, and uh, Terry Hatcher said it best on. Um, one of the final episodes of Rosa Clark about like son, like your father, you want everything and but can give nothing. Yeah. And that's Lex. He, I mean, Lex can give away billions and billions and billions of dollars if he wants to, but when it comes to like giving something up that he really wants, no. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And. I think the first episode that we really saw, like, Lex's, like, world, how dark he could be, was the first time we see Roger Nixon in season one. Mm-hmm. Remember that episode? Yes. Yeah. What was that one again? The episode title? Yeah. And I'm putting you guys on the spot here. Oh. Uh, Wooten. <sighs> That's Dan's name for you. <laughs> Wooten. I'll put that on my monogram, um, napkins. Oh, you should. There you go. Okay, Roger Nixon. Roger Nixon, the guy that gets shot by Lex? Yeah. Yeah. The first person he kills, probably? X-Ray was the first.
first time he appears. Oh, so so. Ed, Which one are you talking about? Well, when he's in his office and drinking the scotch, and he's talking about like deleting Rogers' um, whole I, whole identity just so that. Oh yeah. I mean, this shows this shows you that Lex, I mean, and he's not not really looking like he really doesn't want to do this. It's natural to him, just as natural it is it is for his father. And, and and I mean, not to condone Lex's behavior, but it is really because of how he was raised by his father. Yes. Yeah. I mean, kids could be and we see again in Luther. That's actually like your stance on this, your proof on this. What happens to Clark Luther? Yeah. I mean, if Lex was raised by the Kents, you'd probably be a totally different person. Well, I don't know about that because there's a comic written by Jeff Johns. It's Johns? Yeah. It's Adventure Comics 1. And Connor Kent, Superboy, who is a half clone of Superman and Lex Luthor, asks Clark. If Lex was raised by his parents, would he be any different? And Clark says he doubts it. He, he said that he was all, always inherently evil, didn't he say? Yes. Yeah. And that's, uh, a, that's a backtrack, but I don't think Lex wants to be Superman. I don't think Lex wants to be Superman. He wants the powers. Right. And he wants the love, but I don't think he actually wants to be Superman. Yeah. I, I felt that All-Star Superman kind of covered that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One of the few things that Penny likes that Graham Morrison wrote. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I talked about this in, like, a more, an old flash forward, but... Look at Lexmas. Look at Lex's fantasy. Yep. Yeah. Everyone is kissing his rear end. Yeah. Except for his dad. I mean, and well, I made the yeah. argument during a Christmas episode. If Lex really wanted everyone to be happy, why isn't Clark with Lois? Uh, because at that point, Clark and Lois really had no affiliation besides being friends. Yeah. But does that really matter if it's your drugged-up fantasy. But he wouldn't have known that. True. He The only thing he knew was that Clark and Chloe were close. Okay, then did Alicia do that? Alicia's dead. But you see my point, though? I yeah, mean, but in his reality, you have to understand, if he's in his reality, it would take place during the present, where he is now. So my, yeah, I, I okay, guess my okay, point... Yeah, I'll, I'll, concede, I'll concede to that point. Yeah, well, my point yeah. is... Like, why isn't he with Chloe or... or well, he is with Chloe. And why isn't everybody... Why is he, he having everybody kiss his, kiss his rear end? It's like, I couldn't have done this without you. I wouldn't be any prouder if you were my own son. Yeah, well, I'm not doubting that. That's I definitely mean, true. Well, and, and secretly, I think Lex wanted to be not Superman, but I think he wanted to be Clark. And I also love the scene in the porch with Clark and Lex during the the Christmas party. Look at how Clark is pretty much saying, "You're a better man than me, Lex Luthor." Well, I mean, he does want to be Clark. 
I mean, that's the whole point of the first seven seasons. And I really think you wanted Clark to say that to Yeah. Well, I mean, and obviously that changes because in finale he says, I know that your destiny is not mine, and I've embraced mine, so you need to embrace yours. I mean, that's the whole point of that scene. But I think like Clark, to a certain extent, he was trying to fight against it throughout Smallville when he's on the show. Yeah. Correct. You know, Clark was trying to fight against it. He just wanted to stay at the farm. Yeah. And not be Superman. And Lex, for a point, didn't want to be evil. He not didn't want to be that person. Yeah. Until he realized he really but didn't not, have any But not choice. until everybody in town, including Rana, sung his praises. Right. And really, you know, here's the funny thing about that, too. You don't even hear what he actually has done for these people. Yeah. Which I find even more hilarious. You get little vague references, but really, there's nothing in there that says why he's done such good things. He brought the football team their jerseys. That was in season <laughs> That's four. That's what he did. That's it. <laughs> but, That's it. And I love the scene with him and Lillian at the end. It's like... What's the point if about my life if I can't have everything I want? And that's the main yeah. thing about Lex Luthor that makes him Lex Luthor. It's not about having what you want. It's about enjoying life the way it is. Yeah. Well, and Superman has what he wants is adoration of the public. Yeah, but I think that's more of a fringe benefit, though. Yeah. Or what benefit? A fringe benefit. It's like an added benefit. Okay. I don't think... I think we saw this in the episode, Justice League Unlimited episode, um, for the man who has everything, which is based off a book by um, Alan Moore. Clark is happiest in his fantasy of just being a farmer. Yeah. But no one's kissing up to him. No, no. He's normal, he's on Krypton, he's... He has his wife that has Lois's voice, but Lois looks, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. Best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's that one episode. Is it, isn't it Crimson where he uses with the, with Lois using the red kryptonite? Yes. Lipstick on him, where he says, "Oh, so what do I? So, what is it? You know, I've got like Chloe and Lois under one. It's like I have Lois in my back pocket. Yeah, something like that. that it's like I got Chloe in my back pocket and." Lois and Lana under both arms, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But going back, but go, going back to Lex, I think the next step, and Kenny and I covered this in our season when we covered the um, Tempest. Look at the look on Lex's face when Lionel's just pinned underneath that pillar. Yeah, he's like, I don't care anymore. If you're gone, I can be who I want to be. I can be anything I want to be. I don't have to be your son. Yeah. Which, you know, in that regard, I kind of wish Lionel would have died. Because I, I want to know what Well, that began been. me on the path where I thought at some point Lionel had to die. Well, his hand. Yeah. I think we all knew that in the pilot, though. Yeah, we did. True. And really, it would have been okay if Lionel died in season, at the beginning of season two. Because what the heck kind of story or character arc did Lionel Luther have other than I see random philosophy quotes in Hey, it's the best part of the show. No. Well, but it evolved. It evolved, like, come season three. 
But that's what he did, like, for the majority of yeah. his song in season one. I come in with a quickie line and then I leave. Yeah. I don't disagree with but, that. And it's not just because I love this character. I think one of the... Re- I think one of Lex's greatest character arcs was with Helen Bryce. Because you really did think, wow, maybe Lex could get under the th- out under the thumb of his father. Because you really try to see Lex try- generally to be a good guy. Well, that, that gave him hope. But then it was all pretty much taken away from him. And really, that's why I wanted Helen Bryce to die at the beginning of season three. And yeah. not it be his fault. That's a key factor. I don't want things to be Lex's fault because I just think it's too easy. As a writer, I never want it to be the villain's fault that they fall. Right. However, in a lot of, however, in a lot of cases, it is. But, you know, wouldn't it make Lex more human, though, that he just couldn't persevere like so many of us couldn't persevere before tragedies? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the idea was to show, you know, his anger come out, you know? Yeah. He didn't have, I mean, and I think it was the idea to show that all hope he had of being the good person and falling in love was gone. Yeah, especially when you, when we, if we talked about that in the one episode when Winnie came back, when Lex finds out that Helen and Lionel have been talking. Right. And, and it flips out. Yeah. Well, what didn't Lionel set all that up with the plane crash and everything? No. Oh, Helen no, did. Helen she just did that. Okay. Because she's yeah. a psycho. Lex's, Lex's great line, if it was my father that did this, he wouldn't have failed. <laughs> that was good. Well, and he kind of lost. It's actually true. Lost. If it was my father, it wouldn't have failed. Unless it's Clark, it would have failed. It wouldn't have failed. True. He kind of lost his faith in people with Helen Bryce. And that's when we get into season three. Like, with the whole, like, Helen betrayed me, I find out some truth about my father that's pretty much raped from my mind for the majority of season yeah. three. The fact that Clark helped me out, but I don't know how. Yeah. Well, and then, and then Clark kind of ultimately steals his memory in a way, too. Yes, that's true, because he does learn Clark's secret. And we do find out in that one episode, I think, Asylum, or one of the episodes near that yeah. episode, Clark was right not to trust Lex, but because what does Lex want to do when he first finds out Clark's secret? Clark, help me out, help me out. Yeah, it's like Pete. Well, doesn't he, doesn't he want to tell everybody, Lex? No. Because no. he, no, he just wants help out. Yeah. Which I don't know okay. him for, looking where his situation yeah. is. But it's not. I mean, Clark wasn't necessarily wrong thinking, thinking that way. Well, the other thing is what happened before with Lana in the bar and how she got kicked by that horse. Yeah. Remember, he trusted Lex on that one. Okay, what happened? Yeah. So it was like, I can't, if I can't trust you with the girl I'm in love with, how can I trust you with my biggest secret? And really, that starts this, like, really the slow drift of Lex and Clark's friendship being starting to break, which we see later in season four. And really the reason why Lex is kind of solo during season four is because 
after the events of season three, he doesn't really know who to trust or if he should trust anybody with the stones thing. Well, the only one he... Well, no, okay, you're right, with the stones thing. I thought you were going to say in general, because in general he still trusted Clark until the end of season four, pretty much. But with well, the stones, I mean, no. To, to, to Lex's credit, though, look how Clark is in season four when he's talking to Lex. He's always confronting him with something. It's true. He's always, I mean... He's supposed to get through those double doors. Yeah. That's because it's so fun. What are you so doing? Fun. I know it's you, yeah. It's because yeah. it's so fun. Yeah. Luthers love their double doors and their offices yeah. and their hidden cabinets. They can't go through a single door or else they'll have a seizure. Well, being in, being in a wheelchair like Dan, Dan and I are, I think it's probably best that the, the, the double doors exist. Yeah. I'm blessed that double doors exist, so thank you, Luthers. And then, so, and, then the, and then Clark gets smashed through them, too. Yes. But also, I mean, I mean, I mean, and then we have the crazy woman in season four that, you know, has sex with him and ends up dead. Oh, yeah. I mean... Lex, Lex's trust issues, if it was an actual person, I would not blame that on anybody in that aspect um, well, at well, all. Well, think about that whole, was it, wasn't it the Club Zero thing? Yeah. Yes. That that kind of thing happened too, yeah. And that girl died. Yeah. Yeah. And she put, I mean, and that's probably why he kind of befriends Lana and Clark, because he wants to atone for his sins for Duncan and that girl. But one of the one of the things that we're backtracking a little bit that really maps out where Lex is gonna go is three hundred one and three hundred two. Okay. With you that guy, Lewis, the the yeah, guy, the guy that's on his like island. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's on his island. And he kills him. Yeah. But he's not real. Yeah. Yeah, and they do a really good job of that because look at Rosenbaum, he never touches that guy one time. True. True. They do a really good job of that. He never, the guy touches him, but he never touches that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a messed up scene when I saw it for the first time. And I never really noticed that until I thought about that scene the other day. It's like, wow, he t- Rosenbaum never does touch that guy. It's really, it's really good directing by Beeman. But listen to what Luce says about his father. And look at the scene in 302 when Lex comes back from that island. Look where Lionel is, look where that window is, and look how Lex is standing. Doesn't that look almost exactly like Descent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. And when we get to the end of season four, and we have to bring this up and we'll cover it more in depth in a future episode. In Onyx, Lex lets, lets his id run wild, pretty much, thanks to the black kryptonite. And I think that really changes it. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Onyx, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in Onyx, after that, he kind of becomes darker because he merged back with that evil self. Well, and he let that evil self go. Yes. It's That's kind true. of like his version of Red in that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Clark has his inhibitions more or less under control until he puts on that red kryptonite ring. Mm-hmm. He's never had, you know, in uninhibited fun before. And in this case with Lex, Lex really hasn't, you know... Uninhibited evil. Uninhibited, uninhibited. Uninhibited evil. Yes. Because what he and, had. And 
look at Lex's face, and I, I think it's a mix between Lex and Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum having a ball in that episode. Well, I, until that I wasn't like, I wasn't sure how, I was like, how evil could this guy get? Because, you know, Lex Luthor, oh, he's kind of a likable guy. But when Onyx came out, I'm like, okay. That's creepy. Can he really be the chilling villain that we all know him to be? And I, I was, think that's really cool. jarring for the people that have never seen anything Superman before this series. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I, I, I had friends of mine that were, you know, of course, girls watching the CW network. Oh. And I remember her just being horrified by the thing. Yeah. Like, I like Kalax. He's a good guy to Clark. What? You mean this evil. Why doesn't it? Why don't Lana and Clark, why don't Lana and Clark get together? Because Lana has too many issues. Yeah. And because that's No, actually, those, those people by season six were sick of it. Yeah. Everyone I, by I mean, season six yeah. was sick of it. Yeah. I mean, there was no one who wasn't. I was sick of the dialogue more than anything else between those two. Ugh. Lana, I mean, Lana, just grow up. I surprised um, Rosenbaum didn't want to start banging his head against yeah. the Luther the the Luther office desk. I'm sure he did. Are you kidding? All on Miss Piggy and the Muppets. <laughs> yes. I can't oh, believe like I fell for Muppet Man. But I, but to go back to Onyx for a little bit, and then we'll go into the end of the season. When Lex reemerges, look at that look on Lex's face after he's done talking to Clark. It's like something opened up inside of him that he wanted to keep under wraps, but he doesn't really want to anymore. Mm-hmm. He sees the power. Sure. Because it, it was almost like when he was locked in the wine cellar, he could see what his other half was doing in a way. And also... When you when you have your two halves come back together into one, you still remember everything that you did and everything yeah. you saw when you kind of like no. when he was like taken over by Zod. No, no he didn't. His, yeah, he didn't remember Clark's secret. Well, he does remember everything other than he, he he doesn't remember that, but he remembers how powerful he was to his father. I I think what he remembered was the emotion he had. Yeah. The thrill of it. And the fact that, I think he remembers the fact that just the flashes of the look on his father's face when he saw the look of fear Lionel had on his face for his son. Mm-hmm. He had glee. He had genuine happiness knowing that he was stronger than his dad. Yeah, true. But that's what he wanted to be. That, that, that essentially is the legacy that Lionel wanted. And really, that brings us to the end of the season four, and and that one line in in commencement. You know, you got the son that you always wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, to go back to Onyx real quickly, when Lex figures out what he had done to Lionel, what his evil half had done. Oh man. Because Lionel, remember, at this point, he was kind of the humanitarian. He was. The good guy, he was trying to do the best he could with what he had, you know. Well, that's yeah, when he switched with Clark. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, and then Lex comes, and he completely turns it around. Well, he brings it back out of him, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, Was that I mean, Onyx that he did that? Yes. yes. The, the okay. thing, and Lex finally hits on that hot fencing feature he always has. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry, that woman is smoking. I've not met a fancy teacher who looks like that. Yeah, I guess I didn't have one who did either. Yeah. It's a shame. But We nerds are not cool enough to have tutors look, that look like that. That's not true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying about Alex's thing. No, because he completely... That Lex, the more confident, the evil, the real Lex Luthor, completely turned his father around, which is something the Lex we knew up to this point could not do. Because the Lex we knew up to this point wanted to be respected and loved by people. He wanted to be a Clark-like person, and this one didn't care. This one was his father's son. And this one completely threw his father for a loop. Yeah, and really, and in a perverse, sick way, Lex finally figures out that that's the only way he's ever going to get his father's respect before his father becomes, quote-unquote, born again thanks to Jarrell. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have to mention this before we move to season five, because there's a lot of things in season five that shape Lex into who he becomes. But you were talking about Petty Lex becoming his father's son. Look at look at the interactions Lionel has with Lucas and later on with Juliet Julian. And even later on I guess in their three with Ultraman. Lionel in Smallville is always trying to find someone better than Lex to replace him. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't think until, until Luther he figures out that that was a mistake. Correct. I mean, Earth, Earth 3 Lionel may be different than the Lionel that we knew from season 1 to season 7, but it's more or less the same. Yeah. I mean, he finally figures out that... He, that, that you know, Lex was ready, I just needed to mold him in the right way. And sadly, that's something that our Lionel, or if one Lionel, didn't figure out until Lex threw him out the window. And then he gave that right. little smile, because he knew yeah. he created the son that totally he Totally a smile. Won. Totally a smile. Yeah. He went down doing what he wanted to do, essentially. Yeah, yeah which is what kind of weird. Well, which was kind of odd. And I say that because Lionel had worked so hard in the past two seasons to become a better person and redeem himself, which I believe he did because he died holding Clark's right. secret. But at the same time, he also still cared for Lex maybe more than he ever did. And redeem still wanted... himself, but he knew he could never redeem himself. But, but wanting something for so long, there's still got to be a part of him that was happy. Yeah. And really, with the kind of halfway and the double talk that Lex has gotten really from everybody but especially his father you think Lex is going to turn over a new leaf because his father did? No. Lionel is the master of manipulation. Lex probably looked at this new born again Lionel in season 5 as just another ploy. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. And really some of the audience really do too. Alan Miles did a really good job of that because you really didn't know even in season 6 and 7 has Lionel really turned over a new leaf? Well at that point he had. Well, but as, you know, as, as an eternal believer in the power of Superman, though, for, you know, who Clark Kent is. Yeah, it's a new religion, folks. Well, I just say it's, you know, part of me wants to believe that he did change Lionel somewhat, 
Well, you did, but we do. But that's what's great about Alan Miles' writing. They, they left a little bit of error there. Right. You didn't really know until the end. Right, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, you've got to have that hope. Like, I still, and people are saying that maybe he can never be redeemed. But I still hold out hope that possibly Clark could redeem Lex. But does he want to be redeemed? No. Well, I mean, it, I, I'm thinking of all stars. Come back to that old, old saying of you can't really help people that don't want any help. Right, but what Dan, what you were about to say about All Star Superman, I completely agree. Yeah. Because really, if Superman of the Smallville universe did that, or ends up doing something like that in season eleven, or however many seasons we go, season seventeen. Yeah. True. Yeah. Right. But. If he ends up doing something like that, I have a feeling that this version of Lex, mind-wiped or not, would come to the same conclusion that All-Star Superman Lex did. Possibly. Possibly. Because, no, Just because... based on the friendship that they had. Well, based on the friendship that they had, and based on the fact that Clark could change Ultraman, who is, if you read right. the comics, such a strong-willed villain that it wouldn't even be possible in the mainstream DC universe. But, in Smallville... Clark has always been able to inspire people out of the darkness and into the light, which was kind of the whole point of the tenth season. So okay, but here's—I'm sorry to cut you off, but Dan or you mentioned something very, very poignant to me that I need to point out. What is the basis of Clark and Lex's friendship to begin with? The car accident—is that what you're? And really, and really, <laughs> why is Lex becoming close to Clark? trying to get close to Clark to find answers. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know how many friendships or love relationships you guys have, but when you're trying to get something from the other person, can you really call that a friendship? Uh, see, I, that's never how I viewed. Maybe from Clark's perspective it's different, but from Lex's? No, even from Lex's in season one, that's never how I viewed it. Well, that's not how I viewed it until season four, and well, that was, that was to different. Be fair, Smallville is based off of a 1960s Superboy story, and the way Lex Luthor is to Clark in season one and two is very similar to almost like hero worship. Mm -hmm. He admires Clark for being such a good person. Maybe it is different, but you see, you get well, you and, I, and I, to a certain extent, I think it gives him hope that they're because he's been around so many people that were, were so cruel to him and mean to him, I really think he wanted to believe that there was someone that could truly be good. And lie to him? Because, let's face it, I mean, he does patch it up with his, like, nanny and crush, but he does find out years later about Lutessa Lino Luthen. But see, what, what Flex fails to neglect is he thinks that there's a perfect person. Yes. And no one that is perfect. That perfect person. Right, and, you know, I think he views, you know, that, and again, I guess, because everyone around him can fail him in some way, I think at the point when Superman emerges, he doesn't think that there's anybody like how he originally viewed Clark. Kind of like you know, how he views his father. Nobody, you're not being that good, nobody can be that good. Right. Mm -hmm. he, he just can't believe it anymore, and that's why he gives up on enjoying Warrior Angel. 
Sadly. When when he puts you know the comics behind, it says he doesn't read them anymore because he doesn't believe that person, that type of character can exist. Well, well he does in Clark. And I and I think the reason why Lex believes that is he does, and it goes back to my favorite episode. He says to his little like good side of him, "You make him, you make me weak." Through this to to Lex is just another word for weakness. Yeah, being helpful, being kind—that's another—that's another term for weakness. Because he thinks that's only going to get you. Because he thinks that you're only going to end up getting hurt doing that. Yes, like it's always about what it's going to do for you. See, I feel yeah. like you guys are being too negative about this guy because no, 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 the no, Lex no. I the Lex <laughs> I started off with in seasons one through four was not like that. And, and that's right, he was not like that. But during the events of five through seven, it changed him. He was changed. And well, really, I'm not saying that, but yeah. You can only take so much double talk from the same people, you know? Right, exactly. Before before you you like lose your head and that, that's what that's what Mercy says to him in that great episode in season eight in Eternal. If if this is just one day of how you treated me, no wonder Lex turned out the way he did. That's her point. Because mm-hmm. how could you I mean, I'm not being totally negative. I'm trying to look at it from what side here. If people said they loved you and wanted to help you, but won't be truthful to you, regardless of their reasons. But but at the same time, you know, there were factors in his life that caused him to think that way. Yeah. You know, because he is kind of somewhat inherently evil that, you know, that he's... Or thought to be evil, like we saw him. Right. Right. That that that's what's caused him. I think Memoria and Reunion like really broke him, or started the breaking. Because we see he's blamed for like fifteen years that he killed his baby brother. Right. Mm-hmm. There's things he's had to carry that inside of him for years, and not really tell anyone until that great scene in Lionel's office. Right. And we do see also in that in Reunion, young Oliver just looks at like this mightily pissed off guy from High School Musical. No. Okay. Um, um, he says to Lex, there's something seriously wrong with you. Look at everyone, how looks at, everyone looks at young Lex. There is something wrong with it way before Clark shows up. Well, they all know that there's a darkness in there, mainly because of his past Metropolis 1 and because of who he was raised by. But, but it, he was trying to change that at that point. Right. Yeah. But, but at the same time, Oliver was flawed at that time, too. Yes. All, all I'm saying is the seeds are there. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, what happened to Julian, for example, I mean, is, is part of it. And when you're nine years old, how can you deal with that? Right. Mm-hmm. And when your father's a rich and powerful man. You can't really tell that to a psychologist what's going to be on the front page of the Inquisitor the next day. But at the same time, I think Lex's mother had a screw loose, too. Yeah, and we see that in Fracture. It might be Lex's point of view, but Lillian says, you helped enough Lex in kind of like a put-off kind of way. 
Like, it was his well, job to protect her. Yeah. But you guys are going to hate this example, but technically what happened to Lillian is what happened to Lana with Lex. That's a big difference. What do you mean? <laughs> Explain. No, I want to hear Explain this. Explain to us, please. No, but what I'm saying is, like, Lionel almost corrupted her. And I think that Lex corrupted Lana, too. There is an argument to be made for that, yes. In a, in a way that, in in a way that, of course, we really hated her character, but still, nonetheless, was better than Lex made her that way. Clark, I love you, but I can't have you. That was... Lana being rough around the edges was more entertaining than that. True. Yeah. Well, in high school it was fine, but that was different. Yes. But Jane, we don't Lex corrupts pretty much or goes after women that are emotionally just not there or emotionally not good. Well, it's like in season one when, when it's that lady that was, could she see the future or whatever? Yeah, Cassandra Carter. Walks out it yeah, walks in it out in the bed of roses and everything shrivels up around him. Yeah. Yeah. Hourglass, yep. That's an example yeah. there. That's a good And episode. I think that's one of everyone's favorite scenes in the series because, I mean, and we do, and to go into season five, Lex has turned up his obsession to quote Spinal Tap up to 11. Yes. Because, yes, he has a confidant on Lana just so that he can get close to Lana. I don't really blame him for that, by the way. He, he um, wants what Clark has. Essentially. Yeah, and he says that in Vessel later on, but we're talking about the double talk. We're talking about manipulation with Lex. Look how many people manipulate Lex. Why? Clark. Milton Fine. Brainiac. Yeah. <laughs> and really, in Lex's eternal, eternal request for answers, he ultimately just goes right down further into that rat hole. Well, that obsession is what got him corrupted in the first place. Yeah, it was trying left to him. find out what happens in that ship, or um, and to to his credit, to to Lex's credit, this is one of the only seasons that I could say Clark is actually involved in that too, because Clark on Silver Kryptonite. Well, and Clark gives, and I think Clark gives Lex a chance at the end of season three. Yes. Where he says, if you leave us alone, we're fine. I will still be there. I'll still help you. But he continued on that obsession. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what someone brought him down. Yes. yes. And also, I mean, the fact that Clark is having his doubts about his relationship with Lana for the 999th time, um, to the point of Lana's being pushed closer towards him. He's actually finally getting what he's wanted by not by not following the rules that Clark set up to, for him to follow. He's kind of like his mono to callow kind of thing. Lex is like going off that path. And the tragic thing about this, it's working for him. Well, I also go ahead. Oh no, you go. Ahead. I was just also thinking that that all really Lex needed to do was believe in Clark. Believe yeah. in saying, you know, that okay, I can't tell you this, 
but you've got to trust me. I'm your friend. Yeah, there, there, there might be a good reason. You see my mom and why dad. Why you Yeah. But Lex's response would be, "Okay, trust you. Have you seen my mother and father?" Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, the the life he lived, there was no way to be able to form trust. And and really, and this is the other aspect of season five that really helps Lex out. Is becoming more close to Clark. Holy crap, that thunder's loud. Yeah, I'm getting it here too. Is that thunder? Yeah. Yeah, where we are, yeah. It's it's the darkness, guys. It's the darkness. Apocalypse is coming. Everybody run. Oh, what a demon. Could you change to Superman? Oh, um, no. Oh. I have a white shirt when Clark, like the one that, when Clark was shot, but I don't think that will help you. Mike, all he needs is a red cloth diaper. Get someone to throw woo into the air. It's true. And he's Superman of Tokyo. Of Tokyo. Superman of Tokyo. You know that? You're going to be a great uncle. Just throw a baby up in the air. Yeah. It's your Red Shark, DC Nation. Check it out. It's kind of weird. Yeah, you need to watch DC Nation, Will. I do, I do. Hey, it was in the hospital for two weeks. Okay, I will give you that. I will give you that. We'll give you hospital props there. Hospital props and hot like, nurses. Yay. Um, I did kind of flirt with one nurse like Oliver did in um, Requiem. Cool. Nice. You didn't yeah. get handcuffed to the bed by Toy Man, did you? No, I didn't. I actually Google messaged M Michael about that. But, but, but let's move on to the end of season five because Lionel's getting closer to Moton Fine. His relationship to Clark is nothing, is destroyed like Sam, Sam's wall and Sam's mind is. And he's with Lana. He's gotten everything he's wanted. Even though everybody's told him that it's not the right thing to do. Lana dies in season five, by the way, because of what he does. True. Yeah. But despite all that, he becomes Zod. But before that, because we've covered Zod many times before. He gets I love the scene in the too. barn. I love the scene in the barn and vessel. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes. One of the so also, I thought he was going to kill Lionel in this episode. Yeah. When he threw him in the car, I thought Lionel was dead at that point. I think everybody did. I yeah. think everybody did. I knew because I watched season six before five. But <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But. But I really, I really love that scene in the barn because it really does encapsulate. And I wish they had that in the hundredth episode. This scene, everything that happened between Lex and Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they revisit again in Crimson, but we'll get to that. Um, I just love that scene because really, there's nothing that Lex is saying that isn't true. Right. From his perspective. Sadly, right. yes. Hey, time out, real quick, Michael. Maybe you could cut this out. Just giving you a heads up, it's like raining like buckets here where Michael and I are. So so we may kind of, uh, we might lose connection or whatever. Okay. So I don't know if you guys want to move it along or what you want to do. Okay. Well, well, there really isn't much to talk about in season six other than, other than with the introduction of Oliver Queen, we do see why Lex is turning more bad. And... The whole 33.1 thing we talked about as well, 
really, <coughs> really, I want to get to um, Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Because underground that, episode, right? Yes. Yes. Of that horrible, horrible, horrible scene, just poorly written between Lex and Clark. And yes, this is my facetious voice. Yeah. When, when Clark goes and just says, "Were we ever really friends, Lex?" Ooh. Yeah. And see, I believe they were, obviously. They were. Well, when he comes back for him, it saves him. Yeah. Yeah. And that proves it. Time, but I don't think from either one of them, their, their perspectives, they were as good of friends as they wanted to be. Well, no, I don't think that's true. So, but And it's both their faults, really. It's both Lex and Clark's fault. But that's where I, I kind of have faith that Lex Luthor can be redeemed. Well, you always want to. You well, always want to believe. See, I, see, I feel like he's a victim somewhat of he, Lionel. He is. And who he is and the family he was born into. He is. But if you read Action Comics 900, and I've constantly been going back to this comic because it's so powerful of how it's written. In the comic, Lex gains almost godlike power, and Clark tells him, you know, you can do anything with this power. You can cure cancer, you can do anything you want to save the world like you always said you would if I was gone. Now do it. And Lex, basically, after a few panels, basically just says no. Because Doesn't that kind of go against what happened in All-Star Superman? Yes. But again, he first attacked Clark, and then when he started to lose the power, yeah, that's when he did what well, he decided he, to do. Well, he found out that Superman and Clark Kent are one and the same. But, right. yes, he's had a lot of losses, too. Lex isn't the only one. Now, does he find out that in 900? Yes. To be fair to Lex Luthor... So he finds out his identity in 900? Yes. That Clark had to be fair to Lex Luthor, and I, and I, I, I have to agree with my partners, we have been bashing the, the Lex character on Smallville a little bit. He's not the scarecrow. He's not Toyman. He's not, like, this psychotic evil person. He's not the Joker. Yeah. He, he, right. He could be redeemed, you're right. But I just don't think he would want to be if he... Well, first of all, he has money. Anybody with loads and loads of money doesn't really think they have a lot of problems. Yeah. Well, he kind of looks over people's problems and goes right to his own, in a way. Which most most people with money do, let's be honest. I'm not bashing wealthy people, but, I mean, let's be honest. You you guys think differently than other people do. Yeah. Yeah. That was my rich people ran. I'll get off my soapbox. But, but you know, you know. Again, rich people that like have earned who who they become and their success view world different than people that have been born into it as well. Depends. Yes. Depends because because Lionel worked up to it. However, we know how that turned out. Lionel's intentions was the problem, though. Yeah. Yeah, I can give you that. Yeah. You. Well, but to go well, to, um, to, to go back to Genesis, though, I love the scene where when Lex saves Clark. Mm-hmm. He says to Clark, "You really think I was going to leave you down there? You thought that we weren't as good of friends as I thought we were." Mm-hmm. 
But to go into season seven, um, and and thinking about that, okay, Lex really knew that I'm talking about the Smallville version of Lex. You could say what you want about the comics, but if Lex knew that Clark and Superman was one and the same, let's say in the season eleven comic, okay, would he let him die if he was in a position like this? I think he would have if it's by his hand. Yes. Because Lex is like the Joker in that sense with Batman. Joker's not going to let anybody kill Batman other than him. Okay. Which is the whole point of the Batman rip storyline as much as we all hate it. Because, I mean, usually, like with Clark lying there in in that tunnel, with all the kryptonite all over him and whatever, Lex's going to just take that pole and whack his head off. Yeah. But really, I think that's uh, akin to what Clark says at at the end of that episode, really. Is there a little bit of my friends still in there? Yeah. That's why why he's asking, you know, Martha. But then again, it could be completely gone now with what we saw when Lex burned the kid in the fire. Well, that's later on. After he killed Lionel. I, I don't know. But, that's late, but, that, but this was season six, and that was right. later on season seven. So maybe, you know, he doesn't have it anymore after that point in season seven. Yeah. And really, part of the reason why he's going, and we kind of skipped over Crimson, I love Lex being back into the wall when Clark is without an inhibition, and he's just kind of being Mr. Tim and Next to Lana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. But I also love that whole scene of Clark saying to, to Lex, if I knew who you were going to be, I would have never saved you off that bridge. That's a, yeah. That line hurts me. And, and I think Clark feels differently by finale because he says, I'm sorry I couldn't save you, Lex. Well, it helps when you have a hot wife like Louis Lane. Yeah. Okay, but still. But that's going into a whole different topic we'll get into maybe another time. But going back to season seven, there is, we have Obsession Part 2, or Version 2, with Clara. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, pretty Which much the exact same way the first time it happened out. Which kind of was flawed. Uh, because of the writer's strike a little bit. Sure. I don't think they did as much as they wanted to with that. Sure, but it worked for what it was. And yeah. who wouldn't be obsessed with Vanderport? Well, yeah, it, it made Michael happy. So that's good. <laughs> that's all true. that matters, making him happy. It's true. Yeah. But what, what's great about Lex's final descent, no pun intended, into evil, is we're so wrapped wrapped up with Brainiac, we have, we have almost forgot about Lex. Kind of like the 33.1 thing in season 6. Yeah. yeah. We're so wrapped up with Brainiac, Bizarro, the Boom 2, possibly going back to Krypton, Lana's Canatonic, we don't, we forget all about Lex. Yeah. Until Lex throws his father out the window in the best teaser in Smallville history. That's true. I just love the whole thing of the close-up of Lex's eye. He blinks and his father's gone. Yeah. 
I love that scene. Well, that was a, that was an unbelievable scene. Yeah, and Lex, his obsession gets turned up again because thanks to Fracture, he starts remembering this club called Veritas and about finding this well, traveler and wanting to yeah. know who this traveler is. Which we could very well see again in season eleven if yes, yeah, the journal still. Yeah, because really that stuff is is still on hard paper. You still can get. Well, I think he's going to know that the Traveler and Superman are one and the same. Or Obviously. the Traveler caused his hair to go up for some reason. Yeah. Right. Because he there are records that the Luthers were there that day. True. Well, yeah. Yeah. He might not remember himself being there, but there are flight records of helicopters going into small well, world. You might remember. Well, knowing, say, knowing Lionel. Son were there. I, I think he's going to view him as someone who knows answers to who he was before. But in terms of season seven, though, Lex has figured out that this traveler ruined his life and he wants to know why, right. why he kills his father. He wants to know who ruined his life. Yeah, I think that aspect will remain in season 11. Yeah. Yeah. And I. Penny disagrees with me, but I still think this is the best Lex Clark scene ever. The scene in the library after Lionel's been shoved out the window. And I, see, I just don't know why you think is, that. But... Is, is that the one where he brings up, uh, he says he, Lex tells Clark that he killed his father? Or, no, it's, it's where, um, it's a, oh, 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 you mean Clark killed Jonathan? Yes. Yeah, yeah, when he tells him that, yeah. I think it's my favorite because look how intense Rosenbaum and Willing are. Yeah. Sure. Rosenbaum looks like he's about to cry. Just well, that's how the first time they they really address Jonathan Kent's death up until Brian and Kelly took over. Yeah, and really, this is almost exactly like um, Reckoning in a way, in terms of the pacing and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what they were going for because, you know, that that's what the whole show was, was the comparison of these two guys, Lex and Clark, and their fathers that, that raised them. Yeah. And how those two men made them who they each were. I love the, I love the message from Lionel. I love that whole little intermix thing. But we all have to agree that the funeral for Lionel and the look on Lex and Clark's face... Uh, if I can't, I can't. If I can't save you, I swear to God, I'll stop you. Kind of look from Clark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the best things ever. We covered. Well, uh, I, oh, I think Clark deep down wants to save Lex. Yes. And it's his. I think he feels it's his greatest fault in life that he wasn't able to save him, yeah. even though it wasn't necessarily his fault. I think that forever makes can feel that Lex is his responsibility. Yeah. And that's probably why you see in Justice League stories, Superman insists Lex is my problem not to care of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, and now with the Smallville universe, they've had the most history together. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, we covered Apocalypse. I just want to cover Apocalypse just for, for the sake of saying, look how Lex turned out without Clark. Still the same thing. Yeah. Still the same thing. 
still the same kind of cold demeanor. We had to move to Arctic. Um, Lex's obsession, and I love his resolve in this episode, Arctic, just of how just sure of himself that he's not coming back from the Arctic. He knows this is the right thing to do to stop the traveler, even if it means going down with the ship so much. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's bad wording because of the Titanic thing, anniversary, but whatever. Well, and that goes back to what I was saying was he doesn't believe in the concept of Superman. He doesn't believe that there can be this almost great savior to the world. The only great savior to the world is humanity itself, and I'm saving right. humanity. Mm-hmm. That's right. pretty That's much what he says. And he doesn't believe that it's possible for something like Superman to exist. And really, if Arctic was the final episode, and then we then we do kind of a Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows Part Two. 20 years later or whatever, that would have worked. Yeah. If you would have done the Lex Clark scene at the end differently. It would have been... It would have that, been that may have happened if Rosenbaum was staying on the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's a lot of possibilities where we're kind of gone. If okay, you would have rolled it out. I wanted to leave some space for this, and we're going we're, we're gonna to go through Requiem, and then we're going to go directly into... Um, Finale. Yeah, because we're Penny, running out of time. Yeah, we are. He doesn't believe that this Lex in Requiem was actually the real Lex Luthor that died. No, I do not. I believe it was Lex Luthor. It, it has to be. Yeah. Mm. They could have done. He knows everything that happened before until his memory was erased. Yeah. So do all the clones. <laughs> Winter Corp had technology where you could download somebody's memory into a computer. All the clones knew the same thing he did. Well, that's why you see how big you the idea of I don't think they're the devil, though. It's what? Darkseid's the devil, essentially. Okay. The idea of Lionel making the deal with the devil to make his son. And plus, the reason they knew the history, maybe they were pre programmed to. Well, remember, all the Lex clones only remember up to Arctic. No, the the really early clones remember, or no? Maybe no, they, they learned it. Heard that the creator died. Yeah, but but the Lex in finale, the true Lex, only knew up to Arctic. He didn't know about Requiem. If you look through his memories when he gets them erased, that's why I don't think it's the real Lex Luthor. Okay, that okay, that's a good argument. What? Well, how? How so? Because if the one in Arctic is the real Lex Luthor, or the one in Finale is the real Lex Luthor, which I believe he is, basically. Yeah, the, the one in Finale is the real Lex Luthor. Right, but I think he's the, I think he's the same one we've seen the entire series, minus Requiem and obviously the other clones. And I say that because when Tess erases his memory, everything from his life before flashes through his head, except Requiem. Okay. Oh, wait. When he gets blown up. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one was a clone. Yes. Oh. Okay. I thought you were saying the one in Finale was a clone. No. I'm saying the like, one in Finale. No. Fin- okay. Yeah. I'm saying the one in Finale is the original one from Arctic, but he had to be repaired because of the collapse of the fortress. Now, Clark was protected because he's Clark. 
Okay, and because I he's Kryptonian. Yeah, I'll go with that. I, yeah. just, I can believe that. I just don't think it's just a clown body with just a messed up hand. That could work, too. No, I don't think that's what it is. I think his hand was messed up during that. And that's what happened to all the clones as well. Because of that. Because he got okay, he well, I could believe later. that. I could believe that. Is there something with his hand being messed up? Maybe in, it's because of the Omega like, Hedron that you know. Or in the comic? In the comic, yes. Oh, it was his hand. Yes. His hand probably got burned when he was holding the Omega Hedron or whatever it was. Or Frostbite. Yes. Or Frostbite, either one of the two. Yeah, no, I like the ball thing. Yeah. The Omega Hedron. Right, that's the Omega Hedron, right, that he was holding? Yes, yeah. and it was the only hand around it when it blew up. Okay, that's fair. Either clone or real body, either one of those could work, really. Because Dark Side's involved. Either way, it's the real X's brain. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's we the real X. Get, we have to get to Finale. One of my favorite fiction or TV scenes in series Finale of all time. Hello, Clark. Lex. You it's say it the same thing. way. I love that. The way Brian Kelly wrote that scene was amazing to me. I just wish Lex would have been a more integral part of the plot line. But you know what? I'm glad he was just a cameo. Yeah. It I mean, I guess we're going to get to see it now in the season 11 comic books. And even if we were, we know what's happening. We know yeah. what's going to happen. Well, we know that because of the future. And we know that because, like Petty said earlier, 75 years of history. Look exactly. It up. But I, I would love to see a, a live-action story starring, you know, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum where they went at it in the classic Lex versus Superman story. With, that would be with, really cool. Lex with his, like, kryptonite brass knuckles on or something? Yeah. Kind of like I mean, even if they had to like, even if they had to do, like, an animated version of the comic, the season one of the comic. But now that you say that, Dan, I would love to see Durant's just, Durant's just watching for some reason while Welling's just getting his, like, face caved in by kryptonite brass knuckles or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want him, Lex, to say this. I hate you. Uh, Yeah. I, w- yeah. I, w- I wanted Lex to say that, just just like blatantly say that. I hate you. I hate you. And honestly, people think might think that that's childish, but honestly, in the Superman universe, that's powerful, especially yeah. out of Lex Luthor. Because really, Lex Luthor's an animalistic person that has that kind of stuff under control. To actually have him let loose and just say that is just awesome. Well, and at this point, the Lex we know now isn't the same Lex we knew for seven to ten years. Yeah. He doesn't well, remember I, any of it. He only has basic ins- instinct about who to trust and who not to trust, and he knows not to trust Superman. He doesn't know okay, why. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. Family Guy did an episode where like, the main characters lost their memory, but my point about this is when you lose your memory, that does not mean you lose your personality. Exactly. No. Basically, everything about you is still the same. The way you react to stuff is all the same. Like, I don't know if you guys watch Family Guy, but Quagmire and Brian hate each other, or Quagmire hates Brian. That still happens when they lose their memory. Yeah. Well, He's I mean, still annoyed by it. Well, and the thing is, in season 11, and even after Lex loses his memory, and all that time, he embraced his destiny in finale. Yeah. 
to be evil, to be that person, which is why he acts the same way even with his memory gone. Well, it's like what happened when when the two halves came together in Onyx that we talked about before. Or even when Clark loses his memory in blank, the way he reacts to Lois is still the same. Yeah. He's, he's still got the hots for Marla. That doesn't... I mean, just because you lose your memory does not mean your personality is completely gone. Yeah. You just right. don't recognize things. Correct. Yeah. So, so, I mean... So, he... Black still remembers the emotions that he felt probably when he killed his father. Yeah. And that descent and some of those feelings. Well, well um, Connor, quote-unquote, young Lex says that to... You know, says that the right when he sees him again. I saw your body fall for the swords. It was the greatest moment of my life. But I think throughout the season 11 comic, there's going to be little flashes of things Lex remembers, or there's going to be things he sees that kind of jogs his memory. Well, Brian told us there'd be flashbacks. And honestly, in comic books, that's tailor-made for comic books more than any other medium. Right. TV show and movie that looks kind of weird, but comic book totally works. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, wow, great discussion, you guys. No kidding. Oh, yeah, it was really a tough, really great insight of Lex Luthor here, folks. I really want to do uh, an episode like this about Lois and Clark on Smallville. Because yeah. a... there's, there's a lot of good material to go into that, too. Yeah, that's a shit episode. Yeah, well... It's worth it. Yeah. We're doing these kind of mega episodes, guys, because we don't want to blow... Again, we don't want to blow the major ones. Yeah. The major right. episode reviews early. Well, we that, might... Yeah. We might do... Since it's coming around to one year finale. You want to do finale? Well, it's coming out to one year anniversary. Should we? Do you know what would be cool? Yeah. If we did a commentary on it. Oh. I love you. And by that point, all of season 11 will have come out. Or at least... Right. Most of it. Paperback, anyway. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Commentary for finale it is before we go on hiatus. That's our thing. We want to do a Muppets commentary. Yes, we do. Yes. I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys are fans, but yeah. you did post on the website. We're going to see Morgan Spurlock's Comic-Con documentary. Yes. Yeah. Eco and I have discussed maybe yeah. doing a commentary on that. That just looks like a good movie. I heard it's really, really good. What is that? I read about it in Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. yeah. What is and it? And I posted the interview he did on Attack of the Show with Stan Lee. That just looks really comprehensive and really good. What are you guys talking about? You don't know? No. Dan Philman. Okay, basically, this guy, Morgan Spurlock, he's a director. He does documentaries. Yeah. He did a documentary on last year's Comic-Con. Um. And it's basically like a giant tour of Comic-Con. With Stan Lee and Kevin Smith and a whole bunch of like, yeah, that's very cool. Comic book people and it's really awesome. It's just a, it's like a really cool documentary that like shows you everything about Comic Con, even the stuff that you and I, the average Joe, can't see. That's very cool. Yeah. Wow. I'm uh-huh. looking forward to that. Yeah, we need. I'm probably gonna write up a review of that for the various like 
Pinterest. Um, Just write it for the website and post it on there. I probably will do. I probably will do that. Uh, I'm just talking out loud, and you guys can verify or not. Do you guys want to do a live show of Supernatural if you can for the finale? I'm up for it. I'm up for it too. We'll see what's going on. It all it it all depends. Fringe fringe may go off, because I know Nico and I might want to do something for that. Is it the same night? It might be. Okay. Well, I mean, they're on at the same time. On keep us filled in about that, then. Yeah, I will. Okay. Um. We're go- we're going to do. We're kind of go- going to rip off Geek Out Loud because I have to talk to you guys on the show about the Avengers because we're less than a month away. Okay. Yeah. And I will see that the first week it comes out. I just have to. Yeah. Yeah. That but again, does. I want to wait to release anything. We do about the Avengers until the few weeks after the movie comes out, so we don't spoil anything for anybody. Well, that's fine. We record it, and then you just release it like a couple right. weeks later. Exactly. And it, that would be the four of us. Yeah. I really want to do that. That would be that. That would be three and a half hours. Well, it's but, going to be regardless. So. And it, it, it's a Joss Whedon film on top of it. I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't. I don't know if there's going to be a show next week. I don't know what you guys' schedules are, but I really want to do a Lois and Clark, like, retrospective like we've done here for Smallville. We'll definitely do that before the season's end. But, um, as for next week, I I don't really know what we're going to do, Lou. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we'll talk about your guys' schedules. Um, we'll, we'll talk, because really what... Some stuff that's happened in my life recently. I don't know what my schedule is going to be, but keep me abreast of like what you guys want to do. And again, we've said this a thousand times for our listeners. If you have any topic ideas, send them our way. Um, what's our email, sir? Across the airwaves at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Our Twitter page? At Across Airwaves. Mine is WSK9002. Mine is MJPatty7. Yeah, you can just and hit me up on the across the airwaves thing. Yeah, you can just hit me up on the regular across the airwaves. And we have a Facebook page, a Google Plus page with so much new Betty White space. Yep. <laughs> An Android app too. I don't know why they did that to the Google Plus page. Not the changing. That's fine, but why is there like this big gaping hole on the right side? I don't really know. Because that space is meant for an advertisement for Betty White. Yeah, it's meant for Betty White. Yeah. All right. And then yeah. we also have a voicemail, which is 1773-809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. So. Call it, because nobody does. I know. We haven't for a very long time. And please, ladies, no hitting on me. I'm not in the mood for once. Oh. Wait, I can't believe I just said that. No. I, 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 I kind of want to say I'm talking to you, James Hansen, because he sends us everything else. James I know. Voicemail. James Hansen, voicemail. Come on, man. Come on, dude. Voicemail. No more Twitter. No, no yeah. more calling me out on Twitter when I'm asleep. <laughs> okay. he, he does the same to me. No, it's cool. We love he probably you, just calls us out because yeah. we know we're not. He knows we're not going to show up. That's why. Okay. But he's an average supporter. It'd be awesome to get him. 
Not a show on a voicemail. By the way, Dan. Er, yes. Or er, Wu. Sorry. Wu, do you watch Walking Dead? I, I'm I'm going to once the second season comes on Netflix. Okay. I'm that, really, that's kind of what I'm going to do. I just finished it. There you go. I just finished it yesterday, so I'm very pumped about it. Sam Whitworth on that show. He was a zombie on that show. Sam Whitworth was? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he said that on his Attack of the Show interview. Oh, cool. I didn't even notice him. They all look the same. They do. I'm just... I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this because I didn't have, have the chance to yet. We're getting closer and closer to the to the Man of Steel release. And I know it's a, a, quite a while, a while away, but the things I've seen so far are really, really good. Oh, yeah. Same thing with The Dark Knight Rises, but that's to be expected. Yeah. That's true. Well, they're both Christopher Nolan's productions. So. There's last to go around right. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. yeah. Well, and road, anyway. road to TDKR coming soon to Cross Airwaves. That's just like an 80s band. Okay. No yeah, <laughs> but after Road to Avengers is done, that's the next one, so. And that will be a little bit faster to come out because it's less movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have to go find my flask, guys, so I'll see you later. All right. Is it possessed by a ghost? Um, yes, it's possessed. Possessed, possessed by Anna's ghost. That's why you need to go find it. Okay. Good deal. What is it with you and the hot women? Why is that even a question? Good point. I'm your host, Michael J. Petty. And I'm Dan Schmidt, host of the regular Across the Airways. The better version of Across the Airways. No, <laughs> I'm Wes Kim, a.k.a. Dean Winchester, because I love the hotties. And that last statement was a lie. Anyway... <laughs> tune in next week because we don't really know what we're going to do because, yeah. So just tune in and we'll figure something out. So it will be enjoyable as always. Thank you, Dan, for joining us tonight. And good night. Until next week. Yes. Guys. We will catch you on the other way. Goodbye. Don't be fooled, I was raised by the wolves Now the moon hates the fools, so you know I won't